Section 5 of Dallam's Travels with an Organ to the Grand Seigneur, 1599-1600, by Thomas Dallam. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. May 1599. The first day of May we saw there greatest traverses or sports that they have in all the year for that day doth meet at the town of zante all the able men of the greeks with their best horses and artillery which is nothing but staves to run at the ring or at quinton a game of horsemanship in which a lance is tilted at a target on a post they borrowed our five trumpeters to sound when they run at ring the prizes the manner of it was so simple that it is not worth keeping in memory in the forenoon they run quinton for a prize the afternoon at ring the second of may we departed from zante the turks which were passengers in our ship and came with us from algiers in barbary and were to go with us to Scanderoon, did somewhat hasten us on of our voyage, and the wind being fair, we set sail the second of May. The same day we sailed very near an island called Travail, in which we did see a castle, and in that castle, or in some monastery near unto it, there be always thirty friars, and no women in that island, neither any more houses it is low ground and level and a little above one mile in length probably the strophides the largest of which is still called convent island and has a convent on it of monks only the third day we entered in betwixt negroponte the mainland of greece and a fine island called cythera they say that in this island fair helen was born and from thence stolen away before the destruction of troy the fourth and fifth day having but a little gale of wind we sailed close by the shore of crete this island is fifty leagues in length we sailed near unto that high hill called crete where st paul preached and an old jew that was a passenger in our ship told us that on the top of that hill doth stand a brazen man holding a bow bent as if he were shooting against the east and he said that it was placed there by art magic before which time few ships could live upon those seas the easterly winds were so furious but since that time they have been as other places or seas are over against crete we left many little islands, especially at the east end, Milos and Antimilos. The sixth day we had a very straight entry betwixt two islands at eleven of the clock, and did run within a boat length of the shores. They be very huge and upright mountains. That which we left on our right hand is called Casos, a place not inhabited. The other, upon our left hand, is called Scarpanto, and it is inhabited. In this island there be very great store of fowl, that in the night-time do roost in the ground, 
as our conies in england do sixteen leagues from thence is the island of rhodes but since that island was taken by the turks the rhodes the knights of rhodes hath been kept by the spaniard at malta the seventh day we saw the coast of caramania the eighth and ninth we were in a manner becalmed the tenth and eleventh and twelfth we sailed by the coast of cyprus having it upon our left hand near unto the west end we saw a town called paphos eight leagues further at cape gata we set a man ashore who was a greek and born in cyprus and there dwelled but having a brother dwelling in crete whom he had not in a long time seen he got passage in a ship to go to crete but the wind would not suffer the ship to touch there but carried that man to zante and in three months space he could not meet with any ship to carry him back again to crete when our ship came he hearing that we were to sail by crete he fell at our master's feet and craved passage in our ship thither so he was taken in yet when we sailed close by the shore of crete our master would not land him there but carried him to cyprus and set him on shore there the which i thought was the man's hard fortune and so he thought himself for he wept bitterly because he had spent so much time and could not see his brother whom he so dearly loved about ten leagues from the east end of this island in cyprus near unto cape grego there is a great and large town called famagusta it is a harbour or good port there doth lie the most of their galleys and other shipping the thirteenth day we sailed just to the east end of cyprus for the wind was very small the island is the most pleasant of any that hitherto i did ever see the shores be low and plain fields rising into the land still higher and higher that a man may see near twenty miles into the country where we set the man ashore we saw great store of wild swine but out of all question it is a very fruitful country when we were about the middle of cyprus we saw mount lebanon which is in assyria and but two small days journey from jerusalem the fourteenth having a fresh gale of wind we recovered the cape Canceli, ras el kazir the which is near Scandaroon. the fifteenth we came to an anchor in the road before Scandaroon, the which is in the very bottom of all the straits as far as any ship can go the sixteenth day our master gunner two of his mates mr chancy our surgeon one of our trumpeters myself and my mate john harvey every one of us having a musket with powder and shot we went ashore and through the mountains there be exceedingly high so that no ship dare go within two miles of the shore for fear of not having a wind to carry them out again yet betwixt those mountains and the sea there be desert places thick woods and bogs 
wherein doth breed score of wild fowl and also wild beasts namely swine and foxes we having entered into these woods thinking to kill some wild fowl our minds were troubled to find out some pathway for fear of tearing our clothes and every two or three boat lengths we should find a man called a mountaineer lying in a bush having in his hand either a bow and arrows or else a piece the which weapons as we supposed they did carry to kill wild fowl but we having strayed some three miles into the wilderness we found a square plain the which was nothing but a quagmire and in the midst thereof was two mighty great buffaloes beasts bigger than our great oxen at the first we saw nothing but their heads and they made a great noise with their snuffling and in the end went running away which was a wonder to us for had it been an ox or cow or horse of ours they would there have been drowned whilst we stood watching at this we espied a great company to the number of about forty of the aforesaid mountaineers the which were gathered together and going about to catch us by enclosing us about the company being in that place we knew not how to withstand but only by flying away and the woods that were betwixt us and the sea were so high that we could not see the sea nor the mast of our ship but running at a venture through thick and thin thorns and briars tearing our clothes at the last we recovered a fair plain where we might see our ship and within a mile of the shore then were we glad and took our ease where we found a fair fountain of very comfortable water for we were fasting and faint with travel after we had cooled and refreshed ourselves we returned through the roadstead plat or foundations of the town or city of scandaroon so called by the turks but formerly called alexandretta there we might see great pieces of walls wherein goodly houses and monasteries had been which in the same is now nothing but bogs and ponds walls of houses and a castle so sunk into the ground with water about it that nobody can go unto it we did see there upon the walls of an old house very strange varmint running up and down at great pace some of them bigger than a great toad and of the same color but they had long tails like a rat lizards some of them were longer made and less of body and so many others of diverse fashions at another time my mate harvey and i went into the fields to wash our linen and whilst it was a drying we went to gather some fruit for there be great store of good fruit that is common coming to a white damson tree as we were a gathering we espied a great adder that was in the tree upon the boughs at least twelve or fourteen feet from the ground he was even ready to leap upon one of us 
as soon as we turned our back to run away he leapt out of the tree and run into a thicket of briars a great number of such small matters i will omit the eighteenth day our ship was to be unladen of such goods as was appointed to go to aleppo but that morning as soon as we were up we saw a marvellous goodly show of tents upon the side of that mountain stretching down unto that fountain which i spoke of before the which when our master saw he sent a boat ashore to know the cause and our merchant sent him word that he should not by any means send any goods or any man ashore until he did see all the tents gone for there was the soldiers of damascus a part of the great turks army that were going to the wars and if they did find anything on the shore that did like them they would take it as their own so at night we saw these tents a-taking up for by reason the country is very hot they do travel by night and not by day so for four days there came every night a fresh company and we kept aboard our ship every day there would come riding to the seaside a great company of brave horsemen with their lances some had their negroes to carry their lances and other weapons some said that they were sent forth to constantinople to which is twenty days journey from scandaroon the thirtieth day the french consul which is resident at aleppo dined aboard our ship the same day towards night our men began to unload our ship of such goods as was for aleppo for sooner they could not well by reason of the abundance of janissaries that passed that way and pitched their tents within one mile and a half of the road and it is a very uncomfortable place there is but three hostelries one italian one french and one english some little cottages there be made of reeds like a summer-house and two small tents june the first of june there was letters conveyed very strangely from aleppo to scandaroon the which is threescore and twelve miles distance after i had been there a little while i perceived that it was an ordinary thing for as we were sitting in our merchant's house talking and pigeons were a-feeding in the house before us there came a white cot pigeon flying in and light on the ground amongst his fellows the which when one of the merchants saw he said welcome honest tom and taking him up there was tied with a thread under his wing a letter the bigness of a twelvepence and it was dated but four hours before after that i saw the like done and always in four hours the fourth day in the morning there were pitched above twenty tents at the place aforesaid but the number of brave janissaries i could not learn because i could not be conversant with them or any that did know it the most of them were horsemen and every man had his lance and most of them his boy or slave to bear his lance 
and every man his bow and quiver of arrows and scimitar by his side not only their manner of shouting but their bows and arrows be strange in the time of our being at scandaroon our long-boat went every friday to tarsus the city or town where the apostle st paul was born for that was their market-day and she went to buy victuals tarsus is but sixteen miles from scandaroon and about the midway or somewhat nearer to scandaroon is the place where jonas was cast out of the whale's belly as the turks and greeks told us the master gunner of our ship one of his mates my mate harvey and i with two sailors which rowed us thither we went to that very place and there we gathered and filled a sack full of samphire which did grow upon those rocks End of section five.